and welcome to Hitting Play, the podcast where we review, analyze, and discuss shows, movies, and other curiosities. I am Scott, and joining me is our resident Star Wars expert, Paul. Paul, welcome back. Hey, Scott. Great to be back. And joining us from a continent far, far away is Hamish. Don't get cocky, kid. <laughs> I was going to say long, long ago, but you're ahead of us. Yeah, I'm in the future, so, <laughs> you know, I'm a time traveler. This is This is more like Doctor Who now. <laughs> oh, please. Well, gentlemen, it's that time of year since the Disney purchase of Star Wars. Every spring, we're treated to a teaser of the next installment of the franchise that will premiere the following December. So here we are with our first taste of the eighth Star Wars episode, The Last Jedi. Uh, the first teaser trailer, it was officially released at the annual Star Wars Celebration event in Orlando, Florida. You know, Rogue One was just such an amazing side story, but it's exciting to finally get back to a proper Star Wars episode and the continuation of the story that we ended on in 2015. So just a, a little backstory on this, uh, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, uh, it's both written and directed by Ryan Johnson. I believe the only other person to write and direct solely is George Lucas. Uh, most of the major players from Episode Seven: The Force Awakens will be returning, along with obviously the late Carrie Fisher in her last film role. Uh, I, I don't know about you, did you guys hear the rumors that they were possibly bringing her back for Episode Nine, but then they, they denied it? Yeah, I heard about a couple of rumors. Some see people say like, "Oh, she could be in back for the next one," uh, using was it some stock footage and bits and pieces. But then people were like, "Well, yeah, that that's not going to happen. That's kind of insulting." I mean, yeah, you can have Rogue One's uh, Tarkin, but doing a kind of CGI <laughs> Princess Leia for the next film, yeah, it's kind of disrespectful, unfortunately. It's you know, it's pretty you, you, soon. You're pushing it a little bit far. Yeah. yeah, it's too soon. And I mean, sure, we got some technology. We accepted it for the old one for Rogue One, but yeah, doing it quickly, yeah, that would just be insulting. Yeah, they they asked permission from the family supposedly, and so they they gave you know Lucasfilm the blessing to use Carrie in the next movie after Last Jedi uh, Episode Nine. But then uh, Lucasfilm came out and said, "No, we're we're not going to," and this will be her her last uh, film role, you know, as far as Star Wars is concerned. Uh, also mm. notable is that there are some new actors uh, joining the cast. Kelly Marie Tran, Laura Dern, and Benicio Del Toro, who I'm guessing is going to reprise his role as Tivon the Collector. And that'll finally bring <laughs> Star Wars into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, and, and also you have Ellie Settler now, who's going to, you know, tell us all about the history of the Star Wars. <laughs> Now, we do know that Kelly Marie Tran will be playing a resistance maintenance worker named Rose. Do you guys know anything about the character of Rose? I did catch uh, some of the celebration where they were interviewing her and talking about her character, but that's about it. I wonder if she'll be a possible love interest for Finn? You know, because, hey, they both worked in maintenance, right? Hey, hey, hang on a second. I spent a lot of time on Tumblr, and Finn can only end up with Poe. That there seems to be a kind of bromance going on between those two. And also, uh, John Williams will be returning to compose the score of the film. Uh, briefly, uh, you know, we had Michael Giacchino step in for Rogue One, which, you know, it, it was a decent job considering the short time he had to work on it, but it'll be nice to have John Williams back. So before we get into this trailer, you know, let's just kind of briefly recap what brought us to this point. And, you know, it's obviously spoilers for Force Awakens if you haven't seen it. Uh, so when we last left off, the last remains of the Galactic Empire under the mysterious Supreme Leader Snoke dealt a major blow, wiping out the system containing the capital of the New Republic with their new, bigger and better Death Star, the Starkiller base. 
Uh, they're also in pursuit of a piece of the map of the galaxy that will lead them to the self-exiled Luke Skywalker, which of course was hidden within the droid BB-8. And this pursuit also leads to a confrontation at the castle belonging to Maz Kanata, the little alien lady, at which uh, Anakin and Luke's lightsaber calls out to Rey. In response, the Resistance, led by General Leia Organa, infiltrates Starkiller Base thanks to efforts by X-Wing pilot Poe Dameron, defected Stormtrooper Finn, the Jakku junk collector Rey, and our old pals Chewie and Han. Uh, shiny Stormtrooper Captain Phasma is dumped into the trash, where she'll probably show up in this upcoming movie. Uh, Rey discovers her Force sensitivity. Han Solo is killed by Kylo Ren, his son, who then later badly injures Finn before losing a lightsaber duel with Rey. So the Starkiller-based villains and our surviving heroes all evacuate before the base explodes, the hidden piece of the map is revealed, and our movie ends as Rey flies across the galaxy to hand-deliver Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. And that brings us directly to Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Very well done. <laughs> Now, for a more in-depth breakdown of The Force Awakens, and Rogue One for that matter, uh, check out the episodes about them in our archives that the, the three of us did in uh, over five hours of content await you. Anyway, let's get right into this trailer. So, we open on a black screen in a very high-tension moment of the score. It goes right into it. That sort of, you know, screeching violin sound. Uh, we slowly fade in from black. It almost looks like stars. I, I thought, you know, obviously we were going to see stars here but it's actually reflections of light on a very kind of wet, rocky ground. Ray dramatically slaps her open palm down on it as she gasps, and we pan up to see that she's leaning over with a very serious look on her face. Yeah, it seems like this might be after she gets a force vision or is involved with some part of her training with Luke. Mm -hmm. Definitely looks like this is a, a mental episode or something. This is not something physical happening to her. And behind her, we see that, you know, like those stony crags of the, the planet. I believe it's called Octo. Is that correct? Yep. I think so. Okay. And that's, that's where we saw her meet Luke at the end of The Force Awakens. Beautiful location. Yeah. It's, it's a nice retirement spot for Luke. He really claimed that for his own. Yeah. I guess so. I'm, sur I'm surprised no one else was there. Or did he have to like assign a lease or something? <laughs> yeah, maybe. You know, he came down like, it's like, excuse me, could I have this place? And it's like, uh, I don't know. How, you, how long are you going to be here? A uh, couple of millennia, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> it's like, well, possibly. But oh, yeah, it looks like Ray is really dealing with some heavy situations at that point. You know, gasping and sweating. Definitely. It's that or she's found out where the bathroom is that Luke's been using for the past couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> sure, that's probably what it is. Hmm. So this obviously cuts to the familiar Lucasfilm logo. Uh, we then continue on a black screen as we hear Luke calmly say, breathe. And this is the first time we actually hear Luke's voice, you know, in this new trilogy. Uh, this brings us to a beautiful dawn or dusk. It's a helicopter shot at that Irish location, Skellig Michael, I believe it's called. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is obviously... Uh, the planet that Luke's self-imposed exile is on. Uh, this cuts to black once again, and we get an overhead shot of the grass-covered islands as Luke continues, Just breathe. Uh, we next see the silhouette of Rey. She stands on one of the stone cliffs, and we see the waves crash below. Luke continues, Now reach out. And touch me. <laughs> I'm sorry, am I the only one who thought about that? Again, you know, I like a good personal Jesus reference. <laughs> It's, Wait, Skellig George Michael? Yeah. 
That's where it's at. Okay, anyway, too soon. <laughs> All right, so we next cut to a close-up of Ray's hand touching the rocky ground, and this is where we see, like, pebbles, small stones start to rise. Yeah, that was a really cool shot. I think we've seen it in, like, video games before, but uh, never Star Wars, I don't think. Kind of reminded me of Man of Steel when he learns to fly and uh, he puts his fist on the ground and the ground starts to tremble and some of the snow and stuff hovers around him. Mm. A pretty cool shot. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it also reminds me of when Superman was dead and he's in the grave <laughs> and some dirt flies up. Yeah, that, that also reminded me too. Everyone's making dirt and rocks fly up either when you're dead or alive or just touching ground. Wow. Yeah, I'm sorry. Did I did I just did I just ruin Batman vs Superman for people? Did I? Uh, I think. Or did anyone see that movie? I think Batman vs Superman ruined Batman vs Superman for people. <laughs> I don't know. I, it really increased what Batman could be. I wish it was just a Batman movie with Superman attached, but instead it's just. Uh, <laughs> I have a photo of a friend of mine who's asleep in a showing of Batman vs Superman. <laughs> That's how excited it was. Uh. Also, having to having time for me to turn around and take a photo of him, you can see how concentrated I was in that film. Right. Right. No, but uh, what I was thinking, too, of the scene is uh, Empire Strikes Back. Obviously, we're going to have a lot of parallels to the second movie of the original trilogy and the second movie of this new trilogy. And I was just thinking of when Luke was training with Yoda in the, the levitating rocks on Dagobah. You know, obviously, they weren't little pebbles like that. But, you know, it just shows the, the forces control over natural things in that sense. Okay, so next, Luke asks, what do you see? And this next cuts to a few scenes. Now, one appears to be General Leia Organa shot from behind as she views a holographic star map on a ship. I believe this is on a, a starship. Yeah, it appeared to be. H how could you tell? I, could it be a starship? Could it be underground? I don't know. I, we don't know. I think beyond the map, we, you know, like, I think that's a window. Mm. So what do you think the map is? I don't know. See, I don't know if the, the map would be the galaxy. Like, it, it seems similar to the map we saw at the end of The Force Awakens, towards the end, where they were trying to piece mm -hmm. together where Luke is hiding. So is she pinpointing Luke's location? Or is this just some unrelated viewing of the map? Well, that's the thing we have to work out in this situation, because this, with Rey going off to see uh, Luke, it seemed like a personal quest, while the rest of the team, uh, well, what would they be doing? What would, what would the rest of the team be doing? logically from this point forward i don't know i just i guess just getting the resistance ready for whatever is coming next well my thoughts obviously is that they're going off questing for the one and only jar jar binks because that's the only part of the story i believe that everyone wants to see is more jar jar binks and he has to be brought back to this story so i believe the entire second part of this whole story is them searching for jar jar binks sure sure okay <laughs> i mean it's a wild theory i know but uh prove me wrong i'd love to please prove me wrong now, if you listen to this trailer like in, with headphones or something, if, you, if you're watching it on YouTube with earbuds, if you turn the volume up very faintly in the scene, we hear Leia's line from A New Hope saying, help me, Obi-Wan. It's almost like a whisper. It's very low in the mix. Did you guys hear that? Yeah, I did notice that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that the, this new choice of blending in audio into the trailer, because uh, they did that in the last movie, but it was more to do with Ray's kind of vision, mm -hmm. and she was hearing voices and things like that. So, you know, it, it could be telegraphing something else within it, uh, certain hints of things. That's my theory. Now, near Leia, partially obscured by the right side of the hologram, is possibly uh, Admiral Statura, played by Ken Leung. Uh, he showed up in The Force Awakens. It does look to be him... 
I, I couldn't tell by the uniforms. I'm like, is that like a, an Empire uh, uniform? That's what it almost looked like. But no, it's they are rebels. You can see rebels in the background and stuff walk by. Or resistance members, if they're still called this. Just on a side note, Ken Leung is going to also play Karnak in the Inhuman series. Just, uh, <laughs> you know, obviously on the Disney payroll. Uh. Not really looking forward to Inhumans, but... But that's who this is. And also, in the background, there there seems to be some Mon Calamari head shapes in the back. I'm not sure if it's Admiral Akbar or not. You know, we know that he's still around for this new trilogy. So we'll see exactly where this scene is taking place. So uh, as we see Leia here, Ray next answers Luke, light. So this next cuts to a shot of Kylo Ren's mask. It's crushed to pieces and it's still smoking on a shiny black floor with possibly uh, broken glass all around it uh, from the long oval-shaped lights in the background. We can see that this is on an Empire ship or base. Mm. So what do you guys make of mm. this? Well, first, my theory is that I think Kylo Ren being the kind of lost soul that he is, and that obviously being his mask at smoking, I think he was trying to do vaping and wearing his helmet at the same time. And it just didn't work out. Like, he turned his whole helmet into a vape instrument. Yeah. And it just didn't work. I think, because again, he's just trying to be cool. He's trying to be with it. He's trying to, you know, draw attention away from the massive scar on his face and the fact that he lost. He's just trying to get some credibility, turned his helmet into a, a vape, vaping tool, and it just blew up in his head. Hmm. That's one theory, but also, without context, this just looks like a really interesting shot, unfortunately for me. It's just, it's, it's cool that he's destroyed the helmet, uh, that, you know, maybe he's... Remember, he has this rage issue, so, you know, it, it's still on brand with his character of being rage-filled and, you know, uh, unpredictable in that sense. Yeah, he breaks stuff. I personally think that this shot was just made for the trailer. We've seen them do that a lot for Force Awakens and Rogue One. I really don't think this is going to be in the movie. His mask, I'm pretty sure, was lost on Starkiller Base, and I don't think he would have made another one, but I could be wrong. So we'll see, but I think that's just for the teaser. I mean, just showing us that now he's maskless. I mean, we'll see him later without the mask. You know, he's no longer going to be in the shadows of his grandfather that he you know, almost worshipped, but he's going to be uh, his own thing, his own evil person, his own, you know, have his own identity. Yeah, and hopefully he has his own theme music as well, uh, unlike Darth Vader's. So uh, possibly he switches up to s some Morrissey, maybe? <laughs> just walks through the hallways listening to that, you know. He just wants to be loved. It's a theory. Yeah, he wants to be loved, feared, but also, yeah, respected, but also feared, but also, you know, tolerated as a superior, but also feared, but also respected. <laughs> Just like anybody else does. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, very faintly in the scene, we also hear Darth Vader's breathing. I believe we got that in the Force Awakens trailer when we saw the, the burnt, melted remains of Darth Vader's mask. But we also hear Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan uh, saying the line, seduced by the dark side. And so Rey continues saying darkness. Okay, so this cuts next to a very curious scene. The camera zooms in on a very dark array of books that are situated amongst what looks like possibly tree roots. I don't think this is, these are rocks. Uh, a single beam of light shines down on what looks to be open pages. Now, very faintly in the mix here, we hear Yoda saying, surrounds us, binds us. Now, cutting closer, we see a brown gloved hand touch an old, cracked, and faded page. On the page, we see some alien writing, 
as well as uh, blue and gold insignia. And Ray continues saying, the balance. So, guys, what are we looking here? What's this book? Whose hand are we looking at? What's going on here? Well, I believe that the insignia, the crest that we see on that book, denotes the Jedi. I saw a picture online of Obi-Wan Kenobi from the Clone Wars cartoon, and his shoulder had that insignia on it. Mm. So I guess that's the symbol of the Jedi Council or Jedi Order. Uh, So it's probably a book about the Jedi. As far as whose hand it is, uh, we haven't seen Rey wear gloves, I don't think. So it could be that Luke has a glove over his mechanical hand. Yeah, it is the right hand, I believe. Mm -hmm. Now, I've heard some speculation that this may be the Journal of the Wills. That was the ancient Mm -hmm. text that would really, I mean, as far as the movies are concerned, this would tie some of the mythos to the Jedi Temple on Jeddah from Rogue One. Remember, that was the last time, I believe the only time, we heard about the Wills in any of the movies. And, And this brings up a very interesting aspect of this film. If you remember our breakdown that the three of us did, you know, of Rogue One, Uh, Hamish read a quote from the Journal of the Wills, which, as we talked about in that episode, it's George Lucas's original concept for the telling of the Star Wars saga, that there are these celestial beings known as the Wills, and really what we're seeing as Star Wars is their telling of the saga, the Wills telling it in their journal, the Journal of the Wills. And that quote that Hamish read, I don't know if you remember Hamish, that's the one that had the light Mm. and the dark, but it also referenced the gray. Hmm. Yeah, That quote also appears at the beginning of the novelization of The Force Awakens, which possibly hints that this is a bigger concept than just kind of like a passing reference to Lucas's old idea, you know, for the concept of the saga. So mm. possibly the concept of something more than just the light and the darkness, that there's actually the gray, this could be a focal point of Luke's training of Rey here. Well, yeah, her character is wearing gray. She's not wearing, like, white, like, I guess, Luke in the first movie, or uh, black, like any of the villains. But yeah, it's it's an interesting choice that they did put that in Rogue One. And to expand upon it, I mean, like, to put that kind of seed in there, because you, you don't want to waste that. And yeah, with this new movie, you want to expand upon it. And seeing it's already there, it now makes sense that you can expand upon it. Where I'm assuming that, you know, Luke must have gotten these books from the Jedi Temple mm-hmm. at some point. Because they look kind of burnt, and they're in this tree looking shelf thing which uh, from other uh, articles i've seen uh, the tree represents something to do with the force you know like the natural side of the force uh and it's very sacred and yeah the the symbol in the books is part of the jedi order which we all see you've, you've probably seen it yeah in um the clone war series and also in other expanded universe canon stuff so you know it's it, they're books from the jedi hopefully not from the library because they will be overdue <laughs> That's why he's hiding them. Yeah, sure. Ray, don't touch those books. The the, the Star Wars <laughs> version of Detective Bookman coming. Uh, yeah. People drawing peepees. <laughs> what does he say? <laughs> what does he say, Paul? I can't remember. Something about looking at pictures of peepees and wee wees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Seinfeld reference. <laughs> I I'm from I'm from a time of Star Wars, Seinfeld, and beyond. You know. <laughs> Unfortunately, if you look at old episodes of Seinfeld, new technology has kind of destroyed many of those stories. So, yeah. you know, like Star Wars, it has to, yeah, we have to move on <laughs> to new Star Wars. But I, I like the idea of Rogue One just kind of dropping in that line about the wills. Like, you know, this uh, they were guardians of the Temple of the Wills, and that's all we get of it, and that's it. 
they don't talk about any more of it. And I just like the idea that maybe it just kind of sets up something we'll see later on. Uh, almost like uh, how A New Hope mentions the Clone Wars, you know, just uh, very innocuously. Mm. But, of course, they didn't intend for that to be something we would see years and years later. But gray, the concept of the gray being separate from the light and the dark, or perhaps a blending of the light and the dark, that's also been explored in Star Wars Rebels uh, not too long ago. And, uh, mm. you know, throughout this entire saga, we've been hearing about the balance of the Force. If we're to buy into this concept of, okay, there's the the light and the dark side, then really neither the Jedi nor the Sith should exist. You know, they should really cancel each other out. And, you know, in in Phantom Menace, and forgive me for even starting a sentence with that, uh, we saw the overconfidence of the Jedi. You know, they had their grand temple at the capital of the galaxy. They had their humongous archives and their schools. And despite all of this, in that movie, we saw that their minds were being clouded and this gave rise to the Sith for the first time in nearly a thousand years. So, you know, maybe the balance is more than just getting rid of the bad. You know, maybe the good has to end as well. That's, you know, after this scene in the trailer, Luke answers Rey, it's so much bigger in response to her seeing the light, the darkness, the balance. You know, he says it's so much bigger. So perhaps, you know, Luke is going through these ancient texts you know, at the source, and maybe he's seeing what the Force really is, not just what the Jedi said that it was, or the Sith say that it is. You know, maybe it is much bigger. Well, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, like, for a, a, a guy who yeah wasn't surrounded by the temples and all that stuff of the old religion, before Obi-Wan Kenobi said all the stuff, and then, you know, he had to learn it himself. You know, he, he learned bits and pieces about it. While, you know, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi lived that entire life, you know, his entire life was dedicated to that religion and he had structure, he had all the, you know, temples and the books and he had teachers, he had Qui-Gon Jinn, he had everybody telling him what to do uh, and the Sith were basically, you know, you know, legendary villains of the people. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see the two different points of view because again... That's one thing I want to see if they ever did a Obi-Wan Kenobi film, is that a man, you know, a taken place after the third Star Wars film, you know, what happens to a man when your entire religion is now outlawed, basically criminal of the people, all your religious texts and history has been destroyed, what happens to you, you know, after years of leaving this religion? Um, and so with Luke, it's like a, an opposite version of that, where, you know, he had a noble life and a choice and all these things. It's just that when you get introduced to, you know, the ways of the Jedi, things altered in his life. And then, you know, there's this whole outsider looking in to religion. And now his whole mind has been expanded, especially for the fact that, you know, he finds out his father was part of this evil religion, or what they assume was evil religion, and became a very bad guy and was seduced by all this stuff. And, you know, no matter which way you turn, it seems to be that, you know, you're either being a, a Jedi or a Sith. And... Both of them are destined to clash. So, you know, maybe on the outside with this time that he has by himself, he's like, well, maybe we don't need either one of these things. You know, maybe it's just, it's good to just stop all the stuff and just don't have it ever again. Or just, you know, create something new. Yeah, so the fact that Luke is training Rey in this shows us that maybe he's not going to abandon things altogether. Perhaps maybe the Jedi and the Sith just had the wrong aspects of what the Force really is. You know, and perhaps Luke in his studies found exactly what the Force means. You know, and we see that these texts are very old. These aren't the glowing blue archives that we saw, you know, in Attack of the Clones. You know, these aren't these electronic things that 
that they had, you know, in these massive libraries. These are old, old ancient pages, you know, perhaps he even wears a glove to protect the pages so he doesn't, you know, scratch it with an aluminum fingernail or something. But, you know, we'll, we'll see exactly what's going on here. And, and also in the comics, uh, Luke has been acquiring old texts, I believe, uh, especially the Journal of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I know that was a storyline for a while where the Star Wars comic book took a kind of a flashback to uh, one of Obi-Wan's adventures from this journal. So a lot of people have speculated that perhaps this journal uh, that, you know, took uh, a couple of uh, issues of the comic book is actually uh, one of these books that we see here. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see exactly. And I also noticed that that, that symbol on the book very closely matches the beam of light coming from the blue lightsaber that Ray holds up in the movie poster. Mm. Which is beautiful, by the way. You guys like that poster? Yeah, it's very retro. I mean, simplistic in the way that they've designed it compared to, I guess, other posters you've seen. Yeah. Especially for The Force uh, Awakens. But yeah, it's very simplistic and very harkens back to the classic era. But again, a lot of themes for this movie seem to be red. Yes. Like, the color red seems to be very prominent now. Compared to the uh, first movie, where it was yellow, and now it's red. I believe this is the first time the Star Wars logo is not yellow, it's red. You yeah. Know? Yeah, so it could be significant. Yeah. Or it could just be, you know, they're, they're adding a little bit of color in there, you know, making it a little bit you know, exciting. <laughs> and these, these posters always kind of have an array of all the characters we're going to be seeing all together. This one, no. Hmm. It's Luke's face, Kylo Ren's face, and Rey at the bottom of the frame holding up a lightsaber. So we'll we'll see exactly what this means, but a very basic design, really nice, uh, striking contrast of the the red and the blue on that poster as well. So we next hear the sound of a lightsaber being activated. We cut to a distant shot of Luke and Rey at Octo. Uh, we see what looks like Rey practicing again with that blue lightsaber in front of a stone statue as Luke watches kind of from a distance. So we, we see Rey is going to get some, some Jedi training here, or perhaps not Jedi, perhaps something else. So as the music dramatically swells, we get the words this Christmas, obviously, Every one of these Star Wars films, every year, coming out around this time. Uh, this next opens on a scene of ships speeding across a dry, flat plain, kicking up bright red soil behind them. Uh, one slams the ground right in front of the camera as it enters the frame. Uh, off in the distance, we see what looks like a line of maybe 11 or 12 AT-AT-like vehicles that these ships are speeding towards. Yeah, these ships, are, uh, from what I read, are called skimmers. Okay. Beyond the fact that they are doing exactly what they've said, skimming. Yeah, they, they, they look like, you know, it, this looks like, um, in a way, I say an update of the Battle of Hoth. Because, mm -hmm. again, you have, the, you have the new version of the AT-80s, uh, which I think in the, some other photos you'll see online, which have been redesigned, and they have, like, more sturdy legs now. Like, more, like, thicker, bulkier legs at the base. So, obviously, they were not going to be fooled again by getting a rope tied around <laughs> them and dropped to the ground. Yes. But yeah, again with this red motif that, you know, these skimmers are flying across this salt lake with, with red dirt or whatever underneath it. Yeah, it's a, very, it's a very bright contrast to other scenes we've seen. You know, it's a lot of outdoorsy stuff. A lot of, you know, new, new surfaces that they're showing in, the, in this new continuation of Star Wars. Yeah, this is a uh, new planet for the Star Wars universe. I forget the name of it. Some other reviewer mentioned it. He speculated that this is the First Order attacking another civilization that we haven't met yet, and this is their response to that. They're maybe not as technologically advanced as other races, because those 
fashioned. Yeah, and we get another shot of them from the side, and they have, like, this bar. It almost looks like landing gear or something, but it just scrapes the ground. That's why we get this cloud of red soil underneath that almost sun-bleached top, or, like, the salt-flat top. And that's where we get, you know, those clouds from. It's kind of weird why those bars are there, why they have to scrape the ground as they fly towards this, this line of First Order or Empire ships. But, yeah, people have also said that they almost look like B-Wings, you know, like modified B-Wings. But yeah, possibly, you know, these guys have decommissioned ships or old ships that they, have, you know, have cobbled together or something. You know, and we see the, the way that that first one just kind of crashes into frame. It's not being hit. You know, it's just maybe it doesn't fly that well. But maybe the guy flying it just woke up like five minutes ago and was like, oh, wait, we're going to fly? Uh, hold on. All right, let's do this. Okay, what? <laughs> you know. For some reason, I don't know, every time I've, I looked at that, I for some reason get like this Cowboy Bebop feel. I don't know. Yeah, why. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so shout out to the Cowboy Bebop fans out there <laughs> for some scrappy old ships flying around. So this cuts to a close-up of Finn's face as he's encased in some sort of pod. His eyes are closed. We assume he's still in a coma or badly injured. You know, obviously he was injured in that fight at the end of The Force Awakens with Kylo Ren. So um, it doesn't look like any more back to tanks, possibly. Maybe he's just having like a, a me day. It's like you know, a rejuvenation re- re- pod. He's just enjoying some music while sitting in this little sensory pod. You know, just relaxing. You know, having some vanilla vapors pushed into the machine. He just relaxes. Yeah, you know, just has a bit of a bit of a day to himself. I think he's having. I think it, that's what it could. It's be. like a jacuzzi suit, like Milhouse's mother was wearing. Yeah, yeah, and like uh, it's a, it's a. He's just at the local spa uh, owned by a company, and they call it the Degas Spa. <laughs> I'll just see myself out. All right, see you later. Get your All right. <laughs> I was half tempted to pull up the alphabet of Star Wars. Our best. Basic language, yeah, and uh, try to translate what I was seeing on the side of the screen there, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably receiving treatment for his injuries. It's, this is probably early on in the movie. Well, I mean, they can travel at light speed, so it's not like he has to sleep for a long journey somewhere or something like passengers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, I agree, like, with looking up Arabish, seeing if that uh, connects or anything pops up, because that's what they hid in a, a, a Rogue One with um, Jin's little pendant, mm-hmm. little rock, I guess, what do you say? Was it? It's a piece of Kyber. Uh, written on the side in Arabish was uh, it says the Force. Oh, okay. I believe I didn't it's cool. get yeah. didn't get my copy to translate it yet. Well, you're gonna get the Blu-ray. Yeah, you're gonna get the Blu-ray <laughs> and uh, just hey, yeah, put your uh, peepers on uh, every scene and every frame in that film. No, there's I think they that kind of just popped up in some of the Easter eggs and just talking about it. You know, people are just absorbing as much information from these things. You know, like really, really putting um, a fine tooth comb through every Star Wars piece and information out mm-hmm. there so you know it, it, it's interesting that they, they do hide these things here and there you know just give something for i mean yeah I'm, I'm sure with this trailer again with the hidden audio stuff yeah they know fans are dying for any bit and piece any piece of secret information anything to tell them more so they're going to be going through everything with a fine tooth comb just taking it apart yeah. you know like you know like podcasts out there which decide <laughs> to do an entire episode about just a trailer which is like 30 seconds right exactly those losers. Yeah. Uh, crazy people. Not the listeners, though. They're very smart. So anyway. Oh, they, I think those listeners, they pick the right podcasts and they listen to them in their own time. But, you know, they uh, they absorb the information from these podcasting people. 
Precisely. So from here, we get a scene of Poe Dameron. He's wearing his X-Wing pilot's uniform. He's running down the corridor of a resistance base, I'm guessing. This is a base. Uh, with BB-8, of course, next to him. Uh, other rebels we see, or members of the Resistance, whatever they're called, if they're still called the Resistance here, are in the background. They're running, and uh, we see sparks flying from the ceiling. This is obviously some sort of attack. Uh, as Poe and BB-8 reach the starship hangar, we see a, uh, a shot of them from behind with Poe's dark gray and orange X-Wing at the center of the frame. And there are also what looks to be A-Wings and possibly Y-Wings there as well. Uh, we see explosions as if they're being fired upon with the fire engulfing the ships in front of them. So, uh, obviously, they have been found and there is some sort of Empire or First Order attack here. Yes, the A-Wing is making a return. You can see the back of one in that uh, docking bay and also later on in the trailer in a space battle, you can see one fly by really quick. Okay. Yeah, it, it looks like maybe that they're on a spaceship. I was wondering that what... too, yeah. Yeah, because I'm assuming, because if you're taking, I mean, that was it, he's with um, Resistance people. So obviously, Leia's on a spaceship, he's on a spaceship, and they have Finn on a spaceship. But mm. yeah, it looks like it could be like, yeah, a, a spaceship they're being fired upon and being, you know, uh, attacked. And also looks like, you know, uh, Poe's going to lose his spaceship. He's going to lose his X-Wing, because it looks like it's going to get engulfed in that flame and destroyed. Yep. And again, he just can't have nice things. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's like he's, he's shipping the original one. I was like, all right, I'm going to get this special information. And, ah, oh, my ship's been destroyed. You know, it's like, yeah, give him a break. Just, <laughs> just let him let him fly his, you know, favorite little black ship around, you know. I don't know what, what if he names it anything. Let's call it, you know, the uh, the tiger. I don't know. Black, orange, I don't know. But, yeah, it, oh, it no, seems what, like, not, you know, not tiger. What, what, what are the names of the big cats in the droids cartoon? Sungwa. <laughs> <laughs> no, my Sunwa. Uh, Even BB-8's like, no, that's a that's a bad idea. Don't call it that. The whole, the yeah. whole concept is a dumb idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it looks like yeah, they're being a, a, a set upon, uh, unfortunately. But I I like how you know Poe hasn't changed outfits much. You know, no. <laughs> he, he seems to be always in his X-wing suit, ready to go. Hey, that's another question. When, how far in the future does this pl- take place from The Force Awakens? Like, how how much of a time jump are we taking here? I believe this is going to be the first time that the movie happens, like, right after the last one. Okay. Between episodes four and five and five and six, several months, if not a year or more, passed by. As far as I know, when this movie starts, it's going to be right back with Ray meeting Luke and what his response is to her showing up. Supposedly, the First Order is very upset that their uh, Death Star 2.0 was destroyed and they're going to fight back. Might be what we're seeing here. So you're saying the Empire is going to strike back in the second film? <laughs> yes. <laughs> in this original screenplay? Exactly. <laughs> well, it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Because, I mean, that's what we want. Uh, we, we were left on that cliffhanger, literally on a cliff. Uh, yeah. At the end of The Force Awakens, we want to see it pick right up. And we kind of get the sense of that in this trailer, you know, with that screeching sound to start. The music doesn't, you know, fade in very nicely. We, mm. we go right into the action. So that's good. That's what I think most fans want to see. Yeah, because everyone wants to see the retaliation of the Empire. You know, the Empire striking back against these rebels or resistance. And also, we want to see Luke in another training montage or just training. And then we want walkers being attacked by smaller ships. On, hang on a minute. <laughs> this Hold seems on. very familiar. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a circle, like a 
circle which is not completely complete, almost. <laughs> Maybe. It's, it's interesting because, like, again, that crawl at the beginning of the film, we don't know if it's going to be, like, a recap of the first film. Maybe it is. Maybe it's going to be a little, you know, a couple of months after or whatever. And, you know, I don't know what they're going to put there. Beyond recapping the first film in this new trilogy, I guess they can do that, or maybe for tradition that's what they do, but I don't know. It's, 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 yeah, it's going to be a very hard one for that opening crawl. It's just going to be one thing going, did you see a lot of the movie? That's it. So anyway, going back to the trailer, in our next scene, we see a TIE fighter explode as it's being fired upon by the Millennium Falcon, you know, just swooping past the camera with a few more in pursuit. Uh, we don't see any land in this shot, just a bluish sky with clouds, you know, very Earth-like atmosphere. Obviously, the last time we saw the Millennium Falcon, Chewbacca, Rey, R2-D2 took it to find Luke. So uh, could the Empire have possibly found Luke? Is this what we're seeing here? You know, and if that's the case, you know, then did Chewbacca stay with Rey during her old training? You know, throughout this whole thing, is he off on the other side of the island just, you know, chilling out in the parked Millennium Falcon? You know, I'm trying to think of exactly how this works. Well, you got to think at this point, you'll say it's R2-D2 as well. And his old buddy, you know, Luke Skywalker's there. But also, <laughs> you know, remember Chewie is dealing with some issues of his own right now. Yeah. You know, losing his best buddy and having... The Millennium Falcon and R2-D2 and Luke. And, you know, it's like he hasn't really got much to go back to. Or, you know, he, he might be using it also as his own time to, you know, heal and, you know, feel better about himself. Yeah. Because, again, like, you know, Luke's out there dealing with these problems. So, you know, why not Chewie's out there as well? And, you know, he can say, well, Ray does her training, but also he'll be there either most of the time fixing the ship, I'd assume. He always loves doing that. But That's also, true. at the same time, you know, maybe there'll be a scene with him, you know, talking to Luke and Luke, you know, trying to calm him down. We don't know. Because remember, <laughs> he's he's also a character of this entire series. And he's not just uh, a man in a suit. He's, he's got emotions. He's got things that goes on in his head. It's like in The um, Force Awakens. He didn't seem kind of happy, you know, when he's by himself looking very depressed, looking down at the ground, having a sit down and just being very sad, you know. So, hey, beat you know, celebrating Life Day with the family. Oh, maybe. Well, I don't think he can go back to that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to avoid that. It's like, I'm not dealing with that. I got my own problems. But yeah, maybe he's just there as well, you know, hanging out. And, you know, we don't know if this situation does evolve to, you know, TIE fighters tracking down Luke and attacking them. But we don't know. You know, one thing I'm worried about is that, you know, maybe the Millennium Falcon gets destroyed and it's gone. Because, yeah. again, it seems like anything can go now in this series. Anything can happen. It's true. So next we see Ray running at night. You know, she's uh, lit only by the blue lightsaber. Uh, we see she's really charging very aggressively. You know, obviously, it looks like she's running towards a fight, perhaps. Uh, this cuts to a maskless Kylo Ren. I, I don't think these shots are connected, but, you know, he's holding out his ignited lightsaber point first, kind of towards the camera, kind of turning it, kind of rotating it. Uh, this is maybe possibly a rematch with Rey. Uh, maybe we'll get a lightsaber duel between him and Luke. You know, really not sure. What do, what do you guys think? I think he still needs to work on his lightsaber building. He lost his <laughs> first one. Ray cut it in half when they fought. Yeah. So he obviously made another, and it's still unstable. Um, that's why it shakes so much. It's it's not a steady blade like Ray's. So he needs some practice on that. <laughs> well, well, to be fair, Ray's lightsaber uh, yeah, was built by Darth Vader. Yeah, that's true. It, it, it was built a while ago by Darth Vader, 
and he kind of had the order there to tell him what to do. So, you know, he wasn't doing what, I guess, Kylo Ren's doing, is going on YouTube and just looking at some build videos, going, <laughs> hey, I'm Dave, and we're going to teach you how to build a lightsaber. Okay, what you want to need here is a kyber crystal. <laughs> Don't worry, you can use any kyber crystal you find around the house. You know, <laughs> before we put this together, make sure you like and subscribe. Yeah, you, know, exactly. you don't know when you might need another lightsaber in your life. Uh, also, uh, loot crate. Get all the things. Yeah, it's all that kind of stuff. Oh my goodness. Um, hey, uh, we're, not, we're not sponsored. Don't don't drop any free ads in this thing. <laughs> it's. I'm saying loot crate, but not a company. It's a loot crate, like a scavenger. Luke crate. That's what I'm saying. Luke crate. Yeah, there we go. Luke. That's what Luke's been doing. He's been shipping out crates of just rocks. information. <laughs> yeah, rocks. <laughs> These are your training rocks. <laughs> but yeah, I think was it he, his lightsaber is all craggly and the two side parts uh, are venting heat because was it he's the kyber crystal inside is cracked. I think it was from one of the books I read about this, uh, and so it's like a, a pretty rubbish kyber crystal. Now next we hear Luke say, "I only know one truth." Now this cuts to a scene of a figure wearing a brown robe, shot from behind, possibly kneeling next to R two D two. In front of them, off in the distance, we see a large temple-like structure completely engulfed in flames. Uh, it's mm -hmm. night, so the entire scene is lit by this fire. There's a large pile of twisted debris next to them. Glowing embers are swept about in the air. Obviously, this is very reminiscent of what we saw in the first uh, teaser for The Force Awakens. We saw that that ended up being a, a Force vision that Rey was given uh, by the lightsaber. So... Is this event happening here, or is this this is a clearer version of the flashback? What do you make of this scene? I believe this is the same scene that we saw in that forced vision, just from a different angle. Quite possibly, this is uh, when Kylo Ren turned against Luke and perhaps fought and killed others that were being trained, burned the temple, and it, it almost looked like Luke dropped to his knees in this scene. Mm. Like, it looked like he was taller, and then he dropped down. So I definitely think this is linked, whether it's uh, another vision that Ray is getting, Luke is getting, or if it's a flashback. Yeah, it looks like it could be a flashback from the other angle this time around. And it could be the Knights of Ren destroying the uh, temple, because mm -hmm. they seem to be introduced in the uh, that uh, Force Awakens, but not, not expand upon yet. So, you know... Maybe we'll get a little bit more information about who they are and what they do, you know. But it, yeah, it does look like the same situation that we saw in the first in the Force Awakens with Luke looking kind of devastated that all his stuff is burnt yeah. and everything's just been destroyed. So maybe that's where he got the books from. He kind of had these artifacts and he pulled them from the fire. Oh, possibly, yeah, yeah, definitely. This is like Luke's attempt to rebuild the Jedi Order, and thanks to Kylo Ren and perhaps the Knights of Ren were the some of the other students here. We're not really sure yet. Perhaps uh, this is. Him reacting to the end of all of his efforts in the years since uh, Return of the Jedi. So this scene now cuts right to more smoke, fire, and debris as Captain Phasma emerges, leading a group of stormtroopers. Now we've been fooled before, Disney. You're not going to do it again. I do not think this is all part of the same scene. In fact, if you look at the ground that they're walking on, it's shiny. So this is... May probably made to look like it's related to one another, kind of like how uh, we saw Ray's vision of Luke in the Force Awakens trailer it was immediately paired with scenes on Jakku with the burning village in the Stormtroopers. I think this is exactly what's happening here. I, I think that this 
stormtrooper battalion or whatever being led by Phasma is probably related to that scene of uh, Poe Dameron and BB-8, you know, getting the uh, starships blown up in front of them. That's that's my guess. How about you guys? Yeah, they could be related if they're on a starship and it was under attack. Perhaps they were got boarded mm-hmm. and some of our heroes may be captured. Yeah, it, it seems like this is an out-of-context scene. Uh, well, I see it because it looks like they're inside. They look like they're inside some sort of base. And maybe, yeah, this is from the uh, attack on the uh, rebel spaceship or... Yeah, the scene beforehand with uh, Poe Dameron running to his ship, everything gets blown up because, you know, the bad guys are coming to take their stuff. Yep. Because Captain Phasma is like, hey, guys, I had to wear my spare suit because my other one smells like garbage. (laughs) Thanks, guys. So in our next scene, we're in space in the middle of a huge confrontation. We see a line of big resistant ships, possibly, you know, some sort of blockade being sped at by TIE fighters with a ton of red and green laser fire going all across the frame. Cutting to a different view of this scene, we see that there are X-Wings also in the middle of this battle, and we see that all of this is taking place over what looks like a lush, Earth-like planet. I don't think this is an Octo, because I think when we saw that in The Force Awakens, it was mostly covered by water. That doesn't look to be the same planet. So what do you guys think is going on here? and the First Order. I don't know if it's over the planet that we saw in Force Awakens where the Rebel or Resistance base was. One thing I noted was the, the shape of these big ships that we see here that don't belong to the First Order. They're kind of similar to those skimmers we saw earlier. So I'm wondering if the same race built both ships. Okay. They kind of have that like B-Wing look of like the big pot on top That'll be interesting. I was wondering too, you know, Takodana, I believe is the name of the uh, planet that Maz Kanata's castle was on. You know, could we possibly be returning here? That was also a lush green planet. And Maz Kanata is going to be in this movie as well. Lupita Nyong'o is going to be reprising her role for The Last Jedi in some form. So I really don't know why they would be wanting to go back there. So from this action scene, we see an X-Wing destroy a TIE fighter and zoom past camera. The music now quiets and we fade to black. Now fading in, in silhouette, we see Luke at kind of like a cave entrance as he looks back into the darkness and says, it's time for the Jedi to end. And that continues that quote that we started earlier. He says, I only know one truth. It's time for the Jedi to end. You know, that's if this is all one quote. You know, they've, (laughs) they've cut and pasted before in these trailers. So it's an interesting line. Perhaps Luke is still deeply affected by Ben Solo's turn to the dark side. You know, all of his efforts to rebuild the Order gone up in smoke. And uh, maybe he's still hurt from that. Or maybe he's speaking with more clarity than he's ever had. Maybe the Force is more about balance and the Jedi are as much of an imbalance as the Sith. And that's why he went into hiding. So the Jedi would just die off with him. But uh, we'll, we'll have to see. And supposedly Luke is the last Jedi. So whatever this new force-wielding individual will be, that Rey is, will not be called a Jedi. They'll be known by something else, perhaps. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, interpretation of the title. I know a lot of people were scared when they saw the the name. They're like, oh, Luke's going to die. That's it. Luke's going to die. And then people were going, no, no, it's plural. It can also be plural. And if you look at the German title of the trailer, it refers <laughs> to Jedi. And, you know, it's like... All right, so when we start to see more about balance of the darkness, the light, there's more than that. 
supplemental material starts talking about the gray and how there's, you know, a, a different type of balance here. And perhaps uh, Luke wants the order to end and maybe bring Rise to something else. And that's what Ray's going to be the first of. Maybe the third movie's going to be the debut of the blah, 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 whatever they're called. Debut, really? <laughs> well, debut of the flip de flop It can't be a return, shit. so. Whatever the title of episode nine is, it has to continue the sentence that episode seven and eight started. The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi. <laughs> and he goes away. <laughs> that's it. The next one is going to be called Star Wars. Then he goes away. <laughs> it, it, it could be, you know, the new millennia, the new future. It, it could be, you could name it anything you like. Star Wars, Fresh Prince, you know. Now this is a story all about how. <laughs> no, I'm not going to continue. We talked about all the parallels between this and Empire Strikes Back. Another parallel we may receive and we plan on receiving is the revelation, uh, family relations. Yes. And who Ray is connected to. I just hope we don't see a uh, hand chopped off. <laughs> I could do without that. Yes. I think everyone's had a hand chopped off now and again. But yeah, for like bits and pieces, people are slowly assuming maybe, possibly, it, you know, she could be the uh, daughter of Obi-Wan. But I'm saying it could have been that he did meet someone like everyone met somebody in his travels or whatnot and maybe had I don't a child. think the timeline I don't think the timeline works out though because didn't force awakens happen 30 years after return of the jedi when ray's only like a teenager or late 20s yeah. early 20s hold, hold on one second you're talking about a, talking about a movie series which for some reason decided to take a child from episode one and then make it an adult and okay to marry the princess <laughs> or Queen Amidala in the next movie. He did he did have a huge growth spurt, you gotta say. And also people can can get, you know, new arm pieces thanks to technology. So space Star Wars logic is crazy. I gotta say that. There's a lot of things that just don't happen. It's like when they call uh one planet, right? Like in Star Wars Rebels, if they're calling from one planet a spaceship to another planet, relatively, like you notice they or everyone seems to be awake and ready to take that phone call. No one's asleep. You know, it's not like, you know, it's 12 o'clock on one planet and 3 o'clock in the morning on another planet. And it's like, quick, the rebels are coming! And it's like, what? <sighs> Hang on, let me get my pants. It's too dark. Turn the light on. There's, there's none of that. <laughs> right, right. Well, I, I will say, the, the, the theory, it's better than the Palpatine theory I've heard, too. You know? It's just like Paul said, all these guys that have died in the end of Return of the Jedi... You can kind of cross them off the list, hopefully, unless there's some really crazy twist we're not seeing here. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see exactly not only who she is, but also more about Supreme Leader Snoke. Yeah, that's that's the guy that we have to talk about, but still, you know, you didn't see much of him in this trailer. We'll have to see a lot of mysteries that will slowly be unveiled and uh, some great trailers to speculate about, uh, just giving us mm. just a taste, as we have here. But uh, the trailer ends with the music uh, crashing back with some minor notes as the title uh, shrinks into frame. Booming sound, Star Wars The Last Jedi. The logo, like we said, blood red, no longer gold. Taking a more uh, serious turn here as, as the original trilogy did as well. So we expect no less here. So we finish with the words December. This film is not yet rated, we assume, in the US, PG-13, like the last one. Can't imagine higher or lower than that. But uh, so anyway, that does it for this trailer. What do, you, what do you guys think going into this with our first taste of this new movie? 
To be honest, I was a little disappointed. I didn't know what to think about it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> after I compared it to the teaser of uh, Force Awakens, I was like, well, that didn't show us much either, but, you know, it was the first Star Wars movie in a while. First one not done by George Lucas. There was, like, a, a lot of hype and a lot of things to look forward to. Force Awakens was a bit of a letdown for me, but... I really enjoyed Rogue One. Like, the first half of this trailer just seemed kind of odd for me with the voiceover of Luke and stuff. It almost seemed like it was fan-made. I was like, is this authentic? (laughs) I'm looking forward to the first full-length trailer where we actually start to see scenes, more dialogue, more of what's going on. I think I'll really get into it at that point. Yeah, I think since that we had um, The Force Awakens, uh, and this is a continuation of the new trilogy, yeah, they don't have to be too secretive. And remember, it's just a it's just a trailer this time around. So, you know, compared to the other teaser trailer for Force Awakens, yeah, I mean, like, you, you have hints of characters in that, but in this, it's like, well, you know who the characters are. Where are they logically going to go next? And so, yeah, you don't have to hide the characters. You can show them on screen for these trailers. But at the same time, it's like, context, we don't know. What they're doing, we don't know. Why are they doing this? I have no idea. You know, it's, it's a lot of this, that, and, you know, a couple of splashes of new stuff, uh, some familiar stuff. But yeah, I mean, you know, we, we still got some mystery there. And, you know, if, when they bring out the next trailer, I'm sure we'll get a little bit more hype, a little bit more of what's going on, understanding what's going on, uh, unless some action figures come out early and ruin it for everybody, <laughs> which is one thing they also are really trying to hold down, you know, hide toys and action figures you know because they can ruin a movie they can ray with luke's gravestone wait what (laughs) just what holding it under her arm or something like that (laughs) force ghost chewbacca um (laughs) han solo robot i want to buy these now these are great but yeah it's 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 it's, uh, the the factory of star wars factory we'll, we'll call it uh really pumping out some interesting trailers uh, and again, I think learning from Rogue One, they're like, okay, this is what people enjoy. This is what we can show, but also, you know, tease at. So, you know, they're getting there, getting something new. And we've spent a long time talking about a trailer. So, <laughs> you know, I think for, this is the eighth movie, correct? Yes. Eighth yeah, episode. Movie number yeah. Eight. episode eight. Yeah, eight, eighth episode. And they're really blending in the old with the new, you know, Han's been killed. The characters turn to the dark side. There's always, uh, there's always the British villains. It's very reminiscent of the Fast and Furious franchise at the moment, which is also up to the, its eighth movie. <laughs> also, it's a story, you know, Star Wars is a story about a family, you know, the Skywalker family. Fast and Furious, it's about family, generally, you know, wherever you find it. I used to pod race here back in high school. I pod race a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, I'm, you know, there, there are those comparisons there. Star Wars and... Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious, which I will say, loves its canon. It really loves its its story. They make references in the new movie to old movies and bring back actors from like three movies ago. Yep. It's 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 a great comparison, I gotta say. You know, they're really blending the universe together in that Fast and Furious franchise, just like Star Wars. I know these two things are vastly different to each other, but yeah, I think Star Wars has really got a lot of juice left in it and a lot of mystery to go. Yeah, this, these are great trailers. You know, of course, we we love them to the point where we're talking about them in great detail. But it, basically, I expect out of this what I got out of The Force Awakens, that it's going to parallel the original trilogy, maybe a little too much for fans liking, 
We'll see how they handle it here. The story is going to take a different turn now, but some of the basic elements are going to remain. We're going to see the, the training. After, after the movie previous, we saw the big space station blow up. Now we're going to get more of a uh, training arc to the one of the main characters. And maybe this will be a little more character-driven than the last one. You know, we don't have to explain everybody's origin story. We're going to go right into the sequel. And that often makes for a better movie. You know, you look at uh, some other second films, and they're usually the superior film. For example, um, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, Jurassic Park, The Lost World... Too, f- too Fast, Too Furious? <laughs> too Fast, Too Furious. Beethoven's yeah. second. Yeah, of course, Beethoven's second. <laughs> Beethoven's second. All right, so it doesn't always work. Adventure. But if <laughs> if the leap in greatness is as great as it was from A New Hope to Empire Strikes Back, I will be very happy with this film. So I'm looking forward to seeing what we get from it going forward. All right, and that'll pretty much do it for this episode of Hitting Play. As always, you can email us with your comments, suggestions, things we missed, whatever you got for us at hittingplayshow at gmail.com, or you can talk to us on Twitter at Hitting Play. Now, you guys have anything you want to plug? If you want to uh, talk at me, that's how Twitter works. Find me on Twitter at Silent Hamish, on Instagram at Silent Hamish, on Facebook, Silent Hamish Art, and also go to Redbubble, type in Silent Hamish, and you can buy yourself a shirt. <laughs> a piece of... Yeah, hey, you saw who bought a shirt. Yeah, Kevin, who a regular co-host on the show, he he got one. <laughs> yeah, Kevin has a shirt, so uh, it, it will take a lot of explaining for people if they see you wearing the shirt, which I think is a conversation starter. I think that's the best part. You know, mm-hmm. a shirt with some guy's face on it who you, you can't see on the podcast, can't see his face on the podcast, but take my word for it, shirt... My face on it, which I've designed, and yeah, check it out on Redbubble. Very nice. I'm on Twitter. My name there is at MC and Friends. You can follow me there. Uh, I am also on Instagram. There, my name is MC underscore and underscore Friends. And there, I post some drawings and humorous cartoons, little flip page animations that I used to do on Vine. So you can check my stuff out there. And also, since this is a Star Wars-centric show, I'll also plug the many other episodes of Hitting Play in which uh, we've covered some other Star Wars productions. So, uh, as I mentioned, in addition to our other supersized movie breakdowns for The Force Awakens and Rogue One, uh, we also forced ourselves to watch and cover the Star Wars Holiday Special, if you're interested in hearing that. Uh, Paul and I also watched and reviewed the first volume of the Amazing Clone Wars cartoon from 2003. We'll have to do volume two sometime in the future. And also, uh, Hamish and I broke down a very strange episode of the 1980s Droids cartoon featuring a villain named Kaibo Ren. So if you're interested in that, that was a a fun viewing, I guess. And uh, (laughs) also, Paul and I recorded two episodes of the podcast that work as commentary tracks for The Phantom Menace and A New Hope. So what you can do is pop in your version or queue up your digital version of the movie, and you can uh, sync them up. And watch the movies along with us, so you can try those out. If you listen to us on iTunes, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. It helps us out, and if you do, you will get a shout-out on the show. For Android users, we are also available to stream in or download on Stitcher. We can be found on TuneIn Radio and the Google Play Music app, so check us out on those platforms. And if you have a Roku device, you can download the TuneIn Radio channel, set Hitting Play as a favorite, and you can stream these episodes right through your television as they are released. Well, we have been Hamish, Paul, and Scott, and this has been Hitting Play. Thank you so much for listening. May the Force be with you. Yes, I agree. 